Brent Thompson here from Big John's Tavern. Our new location for 2021, located at 251 East Bay Street. The Coaches Show brought to you by Cutwater Spirits as we talk Siddle football every Wednesday here from Big John's Tavern from 7 to 8. We get ready for the game with VMI coming up this weekend. The Bulldogs did not play this past weekend. We'll talk about it all over the next hour here from Big John's Tavern with the head coach himself, Coach Thompson, who's with us as always. Coach, good evening. How are you? I'm well. How are you doing? Doing well. Good to uh, be back here for another week, and this time we have a game to get ready for coming up this Saturday, a big game with VMI. We'll talk about that throughout the hour as uh, we're with you from Big John's Tavern every Wednesday, 7 to 8 here on um, ESPN Radio. No YouTube stream this week, so that's how you normally take in the show. Appreciate you finding us on the dial or online instead here over the next hour as we talk Citadel football like we do every Wednesday. And, uh, Coach, let's dive right in. Last week... We were talking about what the off week would be like, but now here we are where the off week has come and gone. So now that we've been through it, what was the past week or really the past 10 days since the last game? What has it been like for you and the team so far? Well, you know, we we did a lot of preparation. We did a lot of work on ourselves to begin with and things that we had to get done. Uh, I, I called it, it was really like our second camp is we found out what we were doing. We found out where we needed to improve on. And uh, that's what we focused on. We did some live contact. We did some up-tempo work. Uh, we worked a little bit on our uh, our passing game, which is typically what we would do in an off week right there. Prepared a little bit for VMI, but for the most part, we prepped ourselves. What were some things specifically that you wanted to make sure you stressed to the guys when you had some extra time to work on some things? What was an area or two you really wanted to pinpoint? Well, our tempo. is both sides of the ball. We need to get lined up quicker. We need to play faster. We need to identify formations we need to identify different fronts. We need to just kind of move at a different pace. Is um, So, you know, you work a little bit more on your two-minute game, essentially. Mm-hmm. The, uh, ideally, I mean, and there's not much you can do. Here's your off week. Now you have VMI. This is just how the schedule works. But if you could pick or choose, do you have a preference when you would like that extra week? Do you like it early on to work on some things? Do you like it later when the guys are a little beat up? Is there a preference for you? Well, you know, we've had them all, all throughout. You yeah. know, Where you don't want them is I don't really want it at the front end. If you get it at the front end, you only get 25 days. and So you really just lose a, a, a bye week. If you get it too far to the back end, so a couple of years ago we had it at the back end. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were rolling pretty good, and we had a bye week before we played Chattanooga. We lost Chattanooga. We ended up losing the Wofford game there. Uh, so I thought it took a lot of our momentum away from us in that situation. Uh, this was a pretty good one. If you think about it, we were – um, beginning of August, and we already went all the way to the end of September by the time we had our bye week or midway through. So we were here a good solid seven weeks mm-hmm. before we had that week off. So we were at a good point, I thought. What about you personally while you had some uh, maybe a little extra downtime? Obviously, you guys, you, your staff, you're still working hard. You're getting ready for VMI. You're, you're prepping the team. But you personally, did you have the opportunity to do anything that you normally don't get to do during the football season? Well, personally, is uh, I thought it was the best time to have the bye week. I mean, I thought the greatest sporting event was going on uh, at the time where the, the Ryder Cup. Uh-huh. I had the Ryder Cup on my phone. <laughs> I had the, uh, the, uh, my TV on whatever game I was watching. Uh, and in between, I would take the girls out and we would do something. So... Uh, it was, It ended up being a nice Saturday, a Saturday where I got to be a dad a little bit and I got to be a sports fan and do something that you really don't get an opportunity to do in the fall, watch a little bit of golf, watch a little bit of football. Yeah, I remember running into you at the, the U.S. Women's Open out on the course a couple of years ago, so you certainly do seem to be a big golf guy, huh? Oh, absolutely. Enjoy golf. If, uh, if I get an opportunity to play in the spring or the, or the summer, uh, I try to take advantage of it as much as I can. Then I have to ask, how, how is the golf game? 
awful right now. <laughs> Completely awful is, uh, and I'm going to blame it all on the spring season <laughs> last course. year. Usually I'm tuned up for the spring, uh, ready to go into June and July. I went up to Liberty National play with my buddy up there. Uh, I was absolutely atrocious. That was in June. And, uh, of course, ate me up pretty good. And I, and I blamed it completely on having a lousy spring season and having a spring season. Yeah, of course. Now, uh, with some time off, I believe uh, you went and spoke at the Quarterbacks Club last week with uh, for our, our good friend Lee Glaze, uh, Hall of Famer at the Citadel, part of the broadcast. Do you like doing the speaking engagements when you have the opportunity to get out there and talk to different people? I do. Sumter Citadel, uh, Sumter uh, Touchdown Club is, uh, you know, Lee's in charge of that. I go up there and speak uh, he doesn't even have to ask me anymore. I, I kind of know. I, I'm assumed I got to go up there, mm-hmm. uh, but it's nice though. We went up there. I spent the night in uh, in Sumter, which is a beautiful little downtown area. They've done a really nice job with it. Uh, enjoyed my time up there. Spoke at the uh, the Sumter Touchdown Club. Had an opportunity to see a lot of our fans up there. There's a good contingency of fans. Uh, but you know what? The number one thing right there is this: is that there's not enough of those touchdown clubs anymore. There's one in Orangeburg. I do. There's one in Sumter. There's one in Anderson. I've done before. Uh, but those are those used to be everywhere. Every town used to have one, uh, so it's a little bit of a throwback moment, and it's a great little small town deal. I really enjoy doing those. I wish I could do more, and I wish we had more around uh, around the state. Getting back to the team, not only you know we talked on some of the things you'd like to uh, work on through all of this and getting ready for VMI, but how much of the process is also self scouting, going back, seeing some of the things that you did uh, the first couple of games, and and cleaning up that aspect as well when you have some extra time to review some tape or review what the team has done and do some of that self-scouting well it's good and bad you know we, we figure out what we're good at and what we're not so good at and we kind of work on what we're not so good at uh, and where we need to improve we look at a lot of our stats our third down and our fourth down stats uh, we look at our, our our pass game mostly because we we do uh, stress our run game for the most part in the beginning uh, part of the season just to try to get that straight and then we kind of branch off from there defensively i know we looked a lot of what we were doing uh, both on third down and on first down because first down is going to be huge for us so uh, I know Tony looked a lot at that, and he spent most of the week and even really last weekend looking at it. Without tipping your hand, giving away any secrets, when you have a little extra time like that, do you also try to put in some wrinkles, uh, come up with a few different little trick plays or surprises for these next few games? You know, you always have more time. You know, when you have more time, you do more things, and you, you take a look at more things when you're you know, preparing for not only this opponent but your upcoming opponents as well is what are some of the things that we're going to need down the line that it's a good opportunity to rep that you wouldn't get on a typical Tuesday or Wednesday practice. And so we've looked at a few of those things, but um, you also got to know where that limit is. is if you sit there and you game plan too long, is uh, your kids won't understand it either. I asked you last week, but now we're a week further. This is actually a game week. So the health of the team now with this off week, still early in the year, but you know, it has, uh, was it beneficial for the team to have a, a week without a game and try to get healthier during this time? You know, we were down a few guys in the North Greenville game. Uh, we had a couple of guys that were dinged up in the North Greenville game, but not brutal. I thought uh, it did give us an extra week to get a couple of guys back, uh, which was helpful, and then get a couple of those younger guys some work, which is very helpful. Um, you know, we had a lot of guys that were no contact, but they were functioning and they were practicing out there that I think uh, will be full contact ready to go here this week. Meanwhile, I came back with an injury, as you noticed, before we hit the air, and I wish I had a good story, but it's not a good story whatsoever. I just fell down jogging up the stairs and dislocated my <laughs> pinky it's very embarrassing i like to tell people i was once an athlete but this doesn't help prove my my case my question would be this is the most embarrassing injury i've ever suffered to put you on the spot you ever have an embarrassing injury in your life that here we are on radio maybe you don't like to tell people but you ever suffer an injury that uh, you, you wish it didn't happen that way well I, i'll tell you one of the worst things that ever happened to me was my freshman year um 
it was during football season, and I was out with my classmates, rook buddies, whatever you want to call them at the time up in Norwich, and uh, we were playing pickup football. And I'm really not something I really should be doing out there. Playing pickup football, my one buddy smashed me in the nose and broke my nose. Ooh. I ended up missing um, a week during that season, oh, right at the end of the season. I was right there in November at the end of the year. Um, not really happy. The coach wasn't really happy with me on that one either, but uh, broken nose, you'll survive that. Hey, at least it was football. You tell me you're getting exactly ready for the right. season. You're doing your own little off-season training. Uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be, I should be okay. Hopefully, to be able to broadcast the game on Saturday with my injured finger. Um, speaking of the game Saturday, VMI coming to town. It's the start of the conference schedule, so you know we've we've made it through these three non-conference games. Do things change? Every game is so important, of course. But you know, now you start with a big rivalry, VMI. You get into the conference schedule. Does it change at all when you reach this part of the schedule and the way you look at some of these games? You know, I think our guys do, and it's always been a, um, something that's, that it's just happened to us. I think we take the, uh, the in-conference schedule, especially a VMI game, uh, we take those games quite, quite seriously, and we, we prepare pretty well for those teams. And um, so I do. I do think it's a little bit different. I did like the way that the schedule worked out where you had all your non-conference to start with. I thought that made a lot of sense for us got a lot of the things that we didn't want and then give us a week before conference play so uh, the schedule ends up working out well and to our favor I think and hopefully it pans out for us and you start with VMI big game they just won the conference in the spring so sticking to the the theme here of talking about the schedule do you like that idea of jumping right in with the team that at least in the spring was the best in the conference you like starting with the defending champs well it's still one of those things you don't know where you are you don't know Mm -hmm. where they are is we were such a um mishmash hodgepodge football team in the spring i still don't know where we are you know we're better in some ways we're better in a lot of ways we're better in most ways uh, however is how much better you know uh, you know vmis they've got just about their whole squad back from last spring which was a very good football team um we got a lot of our guys back from where we should have been going into august of last year um so we're just still trying to figure that part of it out and um, you know, time will tell, I guess, as to where where everything's going to shake out this year. But uh, do I like the way that it sets up? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind. Certainly don't mind having VMI early. I think it um, it helps us keep our attention, as I said last week, going into the bye week. I think it'll uh, kind of give us a good idea of where we're at coming out of this, if they're one of the top teams in the conference, which I do think they are. And uh, it, it'll give us an idea of where we're at. When I worked in minor league baseball, the managers would always say that it would take them at least a month, sometimes half of a season, to figure out their bullpen and the different roles for the different pitchers and who likes to pitch when and who they can trust. For a football coach, as you said, we're still early in this year. When is that point? Maybe it changes every year, but what is that point where you feel like, okay, now I have a pretty good idea of not only what I have here at my team, but also you look around the rest of the conference and you have a large enough sample size to know how these teams truly are. I think it's somewhere, you know, it's more of the middle of the conference schedule because uh, you have a much better, you don't know how good out-of-conference teams are that everybody else is playing either. You know, you got teams out there playing, uh, you know, point or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we played North Greenville. You don't really know because you have no point of reference with those teams. You won't have a point of reference until they start playing more interconference games. Uh, so we saw a little bit of that last week. You know, we saw Mercer play um, Furman last week, you know. Good, good idea. Sanford and Western have played already. Um, a good idea of where everybody is at. So once you get probably about two to three games in to the conference schedule and you start watching the film, you know, you'll start watching more and more of the uh, opponent film as far as uh, in conference. And you'll have a point of reference on those. Oh, well, we played those guys. We kind of get an idea of where they're at 
uh, this is what it looks like for these guys right there. So, you know, at that point, and we typically, offensively especially, is we're such a timing rhythm team that it takes us a little bit of a while to get going because of uh, you know, all of the motions, uh, all of the reads, and we're just a repetition and hopefully an execution team. You mentioned the Ryder Cup this past weekend. That was on the phone. That was the what you had to view. But with the extra time, did you also check in on some of those Southern? Obviously, you're going to watch film on these teams. You'll know them very well by the time you, you come to play them. But, you know, did you check in on the Southern Conference, the teams this past weekend? Yeah, the game that we had on uh, with the Ryder Cup there, we had the Wofford game on, and we had the Wofford VMI game on, of course, because there's some things that you can get off of TV copies and uh, some things that, you know, the, the camera runs a little bit longer there if a guy goes out or something like that. Uh, I did watch the Furman-Mercer uh, game just briefly on that one. I just kind of checked in on that one. Uh, and then I clicked over and I watched Mike play um, Charles, Charleston Southern, which uh, Charleston Southern gave him a really good run at it. Yeah. And you know, Charleston Southern was up 14-0 in the first quarter. Uh, e- ECU came back, and then it was a tight ball game at the end there. So uh, that game kind of piqued my interest at the, in the night. Yeah, yeah, that was certainly a surprising and wild game. Did Mike reach out at all for any uh, pointers or tips about that team? No, you know, we did actually, we did communicate and talk going into that game a little bit uh, about, um, you know, kind of about the personnel a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they gave uh, ECU certainly all they could handle this past weekend, Charleston Southern, in that close loss. We'll continue to talk about the game this Saturday for the Citadel as VMI comes to town. Important game as the conference schedule begins and uh, continue to break down what the past 10 days have been like for this Citadel Bulldogs football program. It's the Coach's Show here from Big John's Tavern, located at 251 East Bay Street, our 2021 location. The place is owned and operated by three Citadel grads. Come say hello, not only on Wednesdays when we're here, but anytime. Big John's Tavern, 251 East Bay Street. And the Coach's Show brought to you by Cutwater Spirits. We'll continue to dissect this game coming up Saturday and preview this week's opponent, which, of course, is VMI, and continue to get ready for the game coming up here on the Coach's Show with the head coach of the Bulldogs, Coach Brent Thompson, right after this here on the Citadel Sports Network. Coach's Show here from Big John's Tavern at 251 East Bay Street in downtown Charleston, where we will be all football season talking Citadel football every Wednesday night with the head coach himself, Coach Thompson, here with uh, the Coach's Show brought to you by Cutwater Spirits, as always. No YouTube stream tonight, and I don't think there'll be a, a YouTube stream next week either because... We have Citadel Volleyball going on, home games going on. That's uh, what is, is uh, taking away um, the efforts of the video department. And so let's talk fashion for a moment as you can listen to the coaches' show each and every week on the uh, ESPN radio here in the Low Country online. You can stream it. You can always listen to the coaches' show this week, and maybe next week you won't be able to watch it. Now, Coach, when it comes to game day, not so much the jerseys, but but your jersey, if you will. How do you choose if you go hat, maybe a visor? How do you do you put any thought whatsoever? Is it superstition into what you wear on the sidelines when you go out there for a game? <laughs> well, here, here's what I'm going to tell you, Luke. Is um, you'll see me out there in different combinations of things, but I'll always have a polo on anymore. I, I realize this is that we did the pullovers for a little while. You know, I'm kind of not a pullover guy. I'm more of a traditional guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually just like to wear just a straight polo unless it's cool or something like throw a sweatshirt on or something like that um but when it comes to so i I tried to change up the mojo in coastal carolina obviously we know that didn't work so i wore nothing right no hat no no nothing Mm -hmm. um that didn't work all of 2016 when we won i wore no hat i didn't like any of the hats i'm wearing they're like too high then uh, i did wear sunglasses so i said maybe it's the sunglasses right so in the uh, charleston southern game i wore the sunglasses like yeah maybe the sunglasses will work better for me Sure enough, the sunglasses didn't work any better for me. Well, it's a night game going into 
North Greenville. And he said, you know, let me go back to the ball cap. Keep this thing simple again. Uh-huh. Um, one of the new ball caps, I liked it. It was, it was plenty fine. I went with the white ball cap. So now I'm into the white ball cap for, you know, I've, I've changed everything. I've changed my underwear. I've changed my socks. Uh, the shirt's changed a couple of times, but I can't do too many things about that. I don't have too many of those. Uh, and I got two ball caps. So right now I'm, I'm wearing the white. All right. There's the breaking news. You can know, you know now what uh, Coach will be wearing for Saturday. Try to keep the good times rolling with the Citadel as they take on VMI here this weekend. The start of the conference schedule, VMI coming to town. We've already touched on it a little bit, and we'll, we'll continue to dive deeper here throughout the next hour, what's left of this hour here in the Coaches Show with the VMI. But you mentioned that it's Hold a on. Pre- let me go back. Let me go oh, back. Let sure, me tell yeah. you a quick story yeah. here. Going back to my wardrobe. Yeah. So I, I believe it was last year, maybe two, two years ago. COVID year kind of got me thrown off a little right. bit. But So we were wearing the white pullover. Uh-huh. And the white pullover, you know, yeah, I thought it was kind of nice. And uh, the whole reason why I don't wear the pullover anymore is probably this. So my mother came up to me after the game. My mother knows nothing about football. doesn't have a competitive bone in her body. But she's been with my dad, who's a football guy. She's been with me. She came up to me after the game, and she said, why are you wearing that barber shirt on the <laughs> sideline right there? So ever since then, I was like, maybe I do look like a barber wearing this shirt. So I really can't wear this shirt anymore. So hey, if, if ever mom says. Then, I went back. You know, I'm, I'm five foot five, maybe. Anything that kind of drapes down too long makes me look like I'm about five two or so. <laughs> so I got away from it completely, and that's why I think this, the polo tucked in is my speed. So after the game, you can talk X's and O's with your dad, yeah. and then you talk the fashion with your mom. Yeah. Make sure you looked okay. No, no, no question. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So get rid of the the pullover here moving <laughs> forward. Um, Sorry, I got chopped your no, nose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, getting back to, to VMI in this weekend and what to expect. As you said, going back to the spring season, VMI, as we've touched on, you know, they won the spring. Everybody throughout college football able to return almost the entire team with this extra year of eligibility. So for this VMI team we're going to see this weekend, you imagine pretty similar to what we just saw in few months ago in the spring yeah very similar they've got everybody coming back and they've been they've improved at positions too uh, the running back's gotten way better from where he was at the beginning of the spring to the end of spring from end of spring to now i think he's gotten he's done a really good job he had 100 and something yards last week uh quarterback now they played two different quarterbacks one was injured but it, it gave them enough time to get their redshirt freshman ready to go which i think both of them are very good quarterbacks it'll be interesting to see who they play you know um both can do the job they've shown that between cornell and the wofford game so they've done that defensively they've improved uh they've gotten a little bit bigger and thicker they're playing some thicker guys in there and uh i think that they've improved a little bit there as well as far as just having um a deeper defensive line at this point did anything from the Wofford game in particular, anything stand out from VMI as they started their conference schedule here this past week? Well, number one thing is when you watch these guys, and I told the team this going in, I think I may have said in the press conference, and that is they play with really, really good confidence, right? And they should. as They won a lot of games. They've come back. They've been down. They've been up. They know how to do it. They didn't panic at all. They play really good team football, which is what I always tell our guys is if one side of the ball is not performing or we're just down on one side of the ball, the other one's got to pick them up. And you need some momentum change, and that's what they do. They needed a four. Now, Wofford got stopped twice in the red zone, turned it over once uh, across the 50 right there. That's what I'm talking about, team football. Once again, they, they, they got it all the way down there. They just couldn't stick it in, stopped them on fourth down. Uh, that's as good as a turnover, and that, to me, I mean, that's that's momentum change. 
You mentioned the quarterbacks. This is what I believe it'll be the third, potentially the third different quarterback here this week in the last three matchups with VMI. Their coach said he knows who's going to be playing Saturday, but he's not going to tip his hand. When it comes to the quarterbacks, whoever they've plugged in here recently has had success. Is that a product of the system? Uh, not to take anything away from these quarterbacks, but is that the way that you know this air raid system set up or the way they recruit that it seems like any of these quarterbacks they plug in have been able to have success throwing the football? Well, you, you know, the air raid is a system, and you're finding that a lot of teams are going to the system, right? Well, it's going all the way back to high school, too. It's a high school system that um, it, it's easy to implement. There's really, really quick and easy reads in there. It doesn't take a really tall pro quarterback to do it either, right? So you could take a lot of different guys. As long as he's got a pretty good eye for reading secondary and those kind of things, it's pretty quick hitting hitting routes, right? They're all intermediate routes. Every now and then they'll take a shot downfield. Their run games are essentially a screen game or a bubble screen game, a one-under screen game, whatever it is. Um, they do have some pretty good quarterback runs if you get too far out of the box right there. So, yeah, it, it, it is a system, and that I think they do a really good job with it. But the one thing that we're finding is it's a lot easier to start to find those quarterbacks, which I'm sure was what, what attracted Scott to this system, than it is to find maybe our style of quarterbacks anymore because, uh, yeah, I mean, there's still some running quarterbacks out there, but they're not asking them to do what we're asking them to do, and that's quick reads, get downhill, be a tough runner in there, uh, make decisions on every single play in there. It's um, Yeah, so I... And the other thing that's really probably helped it out is the, the whole seven-on-seven seven league, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's what us, all kids do in summer anymore is it's – everything's kind of changed. You're either playing summer baseball or you're doing these seven-on-seven seven leagues. Um, and it's, it's changed the whole dynamic of recruiting. It's changed the whole dynamic of football. Uh, even though like seven-on-seven seven is not remotely close to playing real football, but there's certain things that you can get done. We always hear air raid, which is the style of offense they run. We hear these buzzwords, even like RPOs. And to the layman, you know, just the average football fan may not fully understand what that entails. When you talk about air raid and VMI specifically, what they do offensively, is that pretty standard of the quote-unquote air raid? When we talk air you know, like what, what, are the, what are those principles of an air raid offense? When you say air raid, what are we talking about other than just a team that likes to throw it a lot? Yeah, you know, air raid, is it was kind of established by Tony Franklin, um, Al Mummy, Mike Leach, all those guys. That was the originator of it. Chris Hatcher is a disciple of all mm-hmm. those guys over there at Sanford. Chris probably runs it fairly close to the origination of it because he GA'd for all those guys uh, and he's got a great understanding of all that. It's very, very simplistic. Um, you even watch Chris. He's kind of like me. His, his call sheet's very, very small. He very rarely uses it. Kind of glances down at a note card every now and again. Um, so I would say that the VMI offense, is, it's, it's more closely related to Sanford. He does have uh, some interesting run game aspects to it that are a little bit different than what Chris has over there. But it, it's all based on these really quick release routes, right? They're putting you in uh, sometimes they what we call spacing routes, triangulation routes, a lot of people call them. They're trying to get one guy jammed up in three different spots right there. Um, it's, if, you, if you watch it, study it, and understand it, it's really fascinating. I, I do enjoy it. In fact, we do incorporate a lot of concepts of it because it is a good passing game. It's simple to kind of understand passing mm-hmm. game. Now, if you want to run the whole complete package, you need to incorporate all elements of it, just like ours, right? So we, we do cherry pick a few aspects of it in our passing game as well. But what you're going to find is, um, as I said, their run game is more bubble screen. So they pack the box, they bubble screen it. 
they feel your blitz and they one under screen you. Um, they want to take a shot, they double dig. You know, one under, one dig. They uh, they want to get five or six yards, they space route you. They'll they'll bring one and two under. They'll run three out. They'll send uh, one guy on a stem route and the other guy on a on a corner route there. So they they get these they get this one particular guy and that's all they're really looking for. Sometimes it's a one on one matchup. Sometimes it's a three on one matchup. And they're trying to take advantage of a linebacker that's playing in the box and out of the box. So it's um, it's a good system. You know, it's a system that I think that they've they've adjusted to and adapted to. But what's going to happen here is this: is Western's gone to it, Sanford's gone to it, VMI's gone to it. Mm-hmm. Furman has gone away from the option a little bit. Wofford has completely gone away from the option a little bit. So now you've gone from uh, Georgia Southern, Furman, Citadel, option league. Now everything's kind of changing to this more, you know, pass-happy league, more spread team league. Some of those teams are RPO teams. VMI is not a huge RPO team, but uh, you'll find, a, you know, like a Chattanooga can be a, a pretty big RPO team. That's a good point. Could be an advantage for you guys because you could be the one last team that's so unique or different from everyone else that these teams aren't used to going up against. And, th- and that's the hope. And that's the hope is that you do it with a three-game preparation as opposed to what Charleston Southern have was a 25-day preparation mm-hmm. or, a, you know, not a 10-day preparation. Or, um, so, th- you know, that's the hope. That's, hopefully that, that, that's what happens. When it comes to their quarterbacks, have you had to uh, spend time this week preparing for both of them? Are they different at all? Do you know what to expect when it comes to that position? You know, I thought the Ironside kid was more like the kid that they had that got injured last year. Mm-hmm. Both of them can do it. Both of them can throw it around a bit. Um, Ironside, I think he, he runs it really, really well, and he's got a really good grasp. I mean, if you look at his stats from high school, he threw for a bunch of stats for a Tennessee kid. Um, so he's got a good feel for the offense, knows what he's doing. Either one of them is going to give you problems. Really what we've got to watch out is for one in the run game, 14 in the pass game, all right, and make sure that we mix up our coverages. Yeah, it, it helps when they have some of those big targets they can throw to for a defense. What do you have to do to when, when you go up against these tall receivers, what are some tricks of the trade that you, you try to use to counteract maybe a size advantage they have when they're trying to throw the football? The number one thing you got to do is disrupt them at the line of scrimmage because it's all timing. Everything is predicated on getting the ball out quickly. So as long as you can disrupt some of the routes. Now, conversely, is if you have time, you're playing a, you could be playing a, a, a tighter coverage, which is going to give you a little bit of um, anxiety about playing the deep ball because if they can get the ball off there, you're playing a tight man coverage, essentially. But if you can disrupt them and you can disrupt the, the intermediate routes, get the ball out quickly and defend the ball quickly, it's to your advantage. Let's do some more football 101. For them defensively, they play, what, a bear front? So what do you what do you expect? Analyze that for just a moment here defensively. What do they try to do defensively that you'll have to uh, deal with on Saturday? You know, well, traditionally with a bear front is they are they're, they're really trying to force you into a perimeter game. Now, however, what they – and we did that. We did that for a couple years against them, and, and it worked out fairly successfully. However, is – Last year, he's adapted his bare front a little bit more, which has now created a little bit of problems of getting to the perimeter. You've got to be a little bit more creative to get to the perimeter. Uh, you may have to throw the ball to the perimeter a little bit more, which is kind of what we've been working on, uh, trying to quick release it all the way out to our guys just to try to spread them out of the box a little bit. Because naturally, the bear is going to have three down linemen, two edge rushers, and three guys inside. I mean, you're looking at an eight-man box with a one-high safety. So you've got to try to advance the ball outside as quickly as possible. We'll continue to talk about this game coming up with uh, VMI and uh, 
Also continue to break down what's been going on with the Citadel football program getting ready for this game on Saturday with VMI as the conference schedule begins this Saturday at Johnson. Hey, good. The game is already just about sold out, so if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, it may already be too late. Should be a great crowd on Saturday. Try to get the, some of the remaining tickets while you still can and come out and join us this Saturday at Johnson. Hey, good for the Citadel and VMI in the battle for the Silver Shaco this Saturday. We'll continue to get ready for it here over the uh, second half of the Coaches Show tonight. We're at Big John's Tavern, 251 East Bay Street in downtown Charleston, where we are every Wednesday. You can always come say hello, even when we're not here. And the Coaches Show brought to you by Cutwater Spirits each and every week. More coming up next with the head coach of the Bulldogs, Coach Brent Thompson, as we get ready for the Citadel and VMI after this here on the Citadel Sports Network. Back on the Coaches Show here at uh, Big John's Tavern, 251 East Bay Street in downtown Charleston talking Citadel football. The Coaches Show brought to you by Cutwater Spirits each and every week. And uh, we're here every Wednesday. Check us out, 251 East Bay Street. Every Wednesday talking Citadel football uh, all uh, season long from 7 to 8 talking uh, Citadel football here at Big John's Tavern. Big game with VMI coming up this weekend for the Citadel. We continue to get ready for it with the head coach himself. Coach, a couple of questions online that I uh, do want to get to. You can always submit questions online. And uh, one of them was about VMI being able to replace quarterbacks. I'm, I'm going to paraphrase or even change the context of the question. Instead, I'll ask you about this. As the head coach of a football program, what's that, that fine line like? How do you keep that balance of making sure your starters are getting the reps to be able to go out there and play this weekend, but also making sure that you know, your backups are also getting important reps in case they do, do uh, need to step in as well? You know, I always say this. I coach the quarterbacks for many years, about about 10 years or so. You can get two quarterbacks ready. You can't get three quarterbacks ready. There's not enough reps to go around, mm-hmm. especially when you are in a check-based system like we are in. Is It's not just go out there and run plays. I mean, you have got to know it. You've got to understand it. You've got to understand it from top to bottom. Otherwise, you can get yourself in a lot of trouble with our, with our system in particular. Uh, as far as their system is concerned, I don't know anything about coaching in that system. But, you know, it's kind of like what I told you, though, is you can do a lot more, whether it's summertime work, seven-on-seven work. Um, It's just a little bit more adaptable to that kind of a system than it is ours. I mean, let's face it, we are a hardball run team, right? Well, we've got certain things that we're looking at. They've got certain things that they're looking at. Uh, Unfortunately, what's happened to the game is the game is not built for that anymore. The game is not hardball run like it used to be is it's it's gone the way of everything else in society essentially is it's gone the way of softer easier kind of just uh, a little bit more gimmicky and fun and that's just not us i mean that's just not me it's just not what we're doing and you know to to me i I think you can still win football games by pounding it out grinding it out winning it like army does i mean i don't think anybody in the country does a better job than army does at this point and, you know, we went toe-to-toe with those guys, and I, I was pretty proud of the way that we played against those guys. Here they are. They've got a, a home unbeaten record that I think is only other four or five teams that are, that are on that right yeah. now, and, that, and that's pretty good. But, you know, going back to the original question right there is, yeah, two to three quarterbacks. The third quarterback has very, very few reps in there. The, the third quarterback's got to take all mental reps at that point. And the other question uh, that came in from a Citadel fan was asking about 
since, as we've been discussing here throughout the hour, you and VMI, the two programs with such different styles for VMI, I'm sure it's difficult to try to replicate the option in practice. What about for your team as you try to replicate, say, like an air raid offense? uh, How do you go about preparing for a team like this during the week? Well, you know, what, what I told you a little bit before was, we had to incorporate some of those things into our own offense. And whether we use them or not, um, it's going to help our own defense out. So we do Skelly. I mean, we do Skelly for 10 minutes every single day. And that may not be as functional for us as it is for the defense. But we need to do that for our defense. We need to make sure that we are well prepared on defense. So that's what we do. We may not be as completely of an up-tempo team as we're going to face in a Charleston Southern or we're going to face in a um, – uh, in a VMI, but we've got to create that. We've got to make sure that we can play at an up-tempo if we need to, and, and that's going to help us out in a two-minute drill. So that is why we've incorporated some of the same passing concepts. It's why we've incorporated some of the no-huddle concepts because I do think that eventually it's going to help our defense, and, and it'll help us down the line offensively as well. Stepping away from this particular game with the VMI, I do want to ask you, I always like to get your perspective on some of these other random stories in the football world. Coach Dan Mullen of Florida, I know, apparently took some heat this week, I guess, because when talking about an opponent, he was referring to players based off of their jersey numbers. Shane Beamer even referenced this in his press conference uh, yesterday as head coach of the Gamecocks. This is not uncommon. Anytime I hear football coaches talk, they always talk about the guys, you, you know them from the numbers, right? Is that when you watch the film... When you, you break down these teams, you learn them just by the jersey numbers and don't necessarily know, you know, the names on the roster. Is that is that fairly common as you get ready for an opponent to just know them by the jersey numbers? Well, here you are, right? You're the head football coach. You're watching the offense. You're watching the defense, right? You've got to keep all those names straight. I mean, it's not like we are just uh, radio announcers here. We're not color commentator guys. We are watching them as guys on the field you know it's not necessarily our job to understand you know what their last name is but it is our, our job to understand there's okay this is a personnel group that they've got right here this is 14 21 one or, you know he's the running back he's this he's that that's how we think of things i think it's ridiculous for somebody to get upset if you don't know the last name of somebody and the other thing is is you're asking a guy off the top of his head he's got a million names in his head and what he's trying to figure out plus he's got the game plan in his head um you know at that point, you're just looking for things, and you're nitpicking, and it's, it's, it's not appropriate. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm surprised with the story. Not only that, but it's a new team every week. So when you get to that podium, you go through this, too, on Monday. You just played a team on Saturday. No doubt. Now you come on Monday, and hey, you refer to a guy by a number instead of a name. you got a lot going on. You no, know, like, I know coach. Jacob Harris. I know he's 14. I know uh-huh. that. But, yeah, it's just it's easier to say 14-1 yeah, because right. that's what you, you, you know. You replay everything in your head, right? One, four, you see these guys on the field, mm-hmm. 58, 56, you know, zero on the field, nine, you know. 88 playing lineman, those kind of things. Right. Hey, even as a broadcaster, I go number first, and then that allows me to refer to the name and know who it is, uh, even if it's just done in my head. Uh, as we get ready for this game with VMI this weekend, it's interesting with this VMI program, uh, and you kind of just alluded to it there where the air raid, the style, it seems like it's more fun. Maybe that helps in recruiting. But, you know, are you even surprised to see VMI where they were just a few years ago to winning the conference in the spring and really turning around this program in a short amount of time here under uh, the current coach? Yes and no. I mean, there's, um, you know, I, I always thought Scott did a good job there because they always played hard. Defensively, I, you know, the, he's been there for a long time. Coach Clark's been there for a long time. Um, he's a older football coach. He's been around. He's seen a lot of football. He gets it. He understands it. So from the defensive point of view, it was those guys do a great job. 
from an off, they just had to figure out what did they want their identity to be, and they had to be something, right? What they were before was just not really anything that they could probably recruit to. It wasn't anything that they could probably sustain. Where now they've got something that they can recruit to. It's a little bit of a niche, like I told you. I mean, you can find those quarterbacks are they're, they're out there now, right? They're you know they're guys that you know everybody sees, but you know there's a deficiency here or there that they can that they can use and they can work with. Um, and then they, they get a great wide receiver, maybe a diamond in the rough kind of guy. We all, you know, luck into some of those guys. Jacob Harris is one of those guys. Uh, and, and then in that system, you don't need a ton of really great wide receivers. You need one. In that system, you need a really good running back, and that's about it, right? In our system, you need, you know, three or four good running backs right there. You need a couple decent wide receivers, and um, you'll be okay. For us, you know, we need good offensive linemen, and that's where our niche kind of lies is we can take the undersized kid that nobody's really taken. We can take an undersized quarterback that nobody's really taken. So we both have our niches. We both have our systems. Is um, It's just a matter of having something that you can recruit to. When it comes to Saturday in the game, you know, of course, obviously it's a big deal. You you want to win every time you take the field against VMI, but, but you and Scott both – can relate in the sense of you have all these other things going on with these programs or these types of schools it's it's different than other programs my question being you know what is your relationship do you have a, a relationship with scott in terms of uh yes ultimate competitors want to beat each other every year i'm sure but also you can relate to some of the things that you have to deal with that the other coaches don't you know we do it's probably one of the one time in the season maybe that we when I meet with the guy at the 50-yard line, is it's kind of like, yeah, you kind of get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some of the other coaches in the league are like, hey, man, I wish I had those problems. I really don't have those problems. Um, I've got other sets of problems, right? Yeah. And uh, But Scott, he, you know, he gets it. He gets he understands it. His guys are going through kind of the same stuff. Uh, you're, always, you're always talking about retention. You're always talking about, um, you know, core-related activities that they've got to attend, that we've got to attend. Um, so, yeah, there is kind of that commonality between the two of us we've been talking a lot about vmi when we come back our final segment we'll talk we'll focus in on uh, the citadel themselves and when it comes to this game saturday with vmi and uh, the kickoff at two o'clock at johnson hey good coverage will begin at one for the battle of the silver shako trophy here this weekend conference play begins as well we're at big john's tavern located at 251 east bay street in downtown charleston our new spot here in 2021 as i remind you every week it's one of the oldest bars in downtown. First opened in 1955. They reopened it just about a month ago, and now this place owned and operated by three Citadel grads. So come out and see them. Uh, Big John's Tavern, 251 East Bay Street. We're here every Wednesday night. The Coach's Show brought to you by Cutwater Spirits. One final segment as we get ready for the Citadel and VMI coming up on Saturday, and we'll do it after this right here on the Citadel Sports Network. Final segment here on the Coach's Show with the head coach of the Bulldogs, Coach Brent Thompson, as we get ready for the Citadel and VMI this Saturday. It's the Military Classic of the South coming up at Johnson Haygood this weekend and tonight hanging out at Big John's Tavern as we do every Wednesday for the Coach's Show at 251 East Bay Street in downtown Charleston, owned and operated by Citadel grads. The Coach's Show brought to you by Cutwater Spirits as we get ready for the Citadel's game with VMI this weekend. We've been talking a lot about VMI. Let's talk a little bit about your team, Coach, before we go here tonight for the um, for Saturday at the B-back spot. What can we anticipate when it comes to uh, personnel B-back-wise here this week? 
It's always interesting that's the question lately. Unfortunately, it's been a revolving door there. But uh, Storch will be there for sure. He's my solid go-to guy. My man's going to pound out some yards there. Uh, Amike will be back. I thought uh, Amike had a good week of practice. I think he's finally starting to feel better there. Uh, so I think those two guys are going to be the, the go-to guys. And then you got Braden. Uh, Braden did a good job as the third-team guy, so Braden's going to be in there as well. Braden's had a good week of practice and uh, really had a good day today. So I think you've got three solid guys there, and I'm starting to feel more comfortable with those guys. Uh, unfortunately, Clay won't be back. Do you talk to uh, Alex Ramsey at all for any little tips or insights on no, this No, I haven't talked to him. I spoke to him last Friday, though, just to make sure that he's doing his rehab and everything else, going to class and everything. Uh, but, no, I, I haven't uh, I haven't broached that subject with him. Um, Alex is a great, great, great competitor, um, loves his team, uh, but I didn't want to put him in that situation yeah. either. You know, he, those guys did a lot for him over there at VMI. We've been talking about what the off week was like for you. You know, even when it comes to Jalen Adams, who – Looks to be getting better and more comfortable each week. Still a young quarterback when it comes to starting for this team. So how beneficial for him specifically was it to have maybe this extra week to just maybe slow things down a little bit, clean up some aspects of the game as we get ready for VMI? You know, it's interesting. You say slow things down. Yeah, we did. But yet we had to we had to put him under pressure because it's the only way that he's going to learn. So we had to put him under pressure in the pocket. You know, if we want to get better at our passing game, we got to make him better, right? And in order for us to make him better, we've got to apply pressure to him. So Tony threw everything that we could at him. We did a lot of work against each other and just working their stuff versus our stuff and hopefully being able to improve his skills because I do feel that we have the two best wide receiving core that we've had probably since we had Eakins and Glover here, maybe even better than those two. I know as of Monday, we were already at standing room only on Monday for this game on Saturday against VMI. So it'll be a sold-out stadium there at Johnson. Hey, good standing room only. If there are any of those tickets left, get them while you still can online and come join us Saturday. But, you know, you are at home this year for this big game with VMI. What, what does it mean just to be able to have that crowd behind you and have, you know, a home field advantage with a sold-out crowd Saturday? Well, it, it'll certainly be helpful, and we're going to need it. They're going to bring 500 cadets, which will be fun. That's always great. We brought ours up there. They're going to bring theirs down, which I thought has made the whole thing interesting and exciting. Um, being that it's parents weekend it's ring weekend you've got to stay a little bit more focused because it is ring weekend and i was i touched on that subject on sunday with we've got like 25 guys getting their rings which is a huge huge day for those guys uh but it's also a huge football game for us is we have not had that shako in you know not quite two years but two years right so we've got to be able to get that back for us um as well as enjoy the ring ring weekend and everything else so we we have to have a focus level here ask you about it every time because it's the obvious thing you just mentioned it but that silver shako this is a trophy game so you know what does that mean what does that represent what's the message to the guys that you are not only playing for a win and a loss but you know there's a trophy and a rivalry here on the line well you know i told the guys yesterday after practice i said you know in the eight years that i've been here we have gone from the hunted to the hunter and it's a great feeling being the hunter at this point i mean we are on the prowl for this thing is i don't know that we were we took VMI seriously until they beat us, and they beat us twice, right? So now we're taking them really, really seriously. And uh, our guys are focused. I mean, you look at Marquise Blunt, and, and he told me ever since Monday that hey, I'm focused, I'm ready to go. So um, I do think that they've caught our attention. Um, getting the shake go back is important to us, and uh, our guys have prepared well for it. We've been talking about all sorts of stuff throughout the hour, but I always like to ask you towards the end here, what are your keys to the game on Saturday? What do you need to see from your team in this one? 
Well, what we found out in the North Greenville game is we have to have to get out to a fast start. Is we have to keep the ball in front of us. We have to create some big plays offensively and defensively. The number one thing that I'm stressing to the guys is get down on kickoff, right? If we're going to kick the ball off and we're going to start this game off, start it the right way. Get down there, try to pin them deep, get past that first line, get the ball deep into their territory, and then we'll play ball from there. It's the Citadel and it's VMI coming up this Saturday, the Military Classic of the South with the Silver Shaco on the line, and it's uh, kicking off 2 o'clock on Saturday. Coverage will begin at 1 on the Citadel Radio Network, which you can find online, or if you're in the area, 102.1 FM, 1450 AM here in the Low Country, if you are driving around. And the coaches show every Wednesday here from Big John's Tavern at 7 o'clock, which is also carried on ESPN Radio here in the Low Country, 98.9 FM, and of course can be um, uh, uh, streamed online from anywhere in the world or just download our free app, search ESPN Charleston in the App Store, and you can listen through the app to the Coach's Show every Wednesday from anywhere in the world. Here from Big John's Tavern at 251 East Bay Street, now owned and operated by three Citadel grads, so come check it out throughout the football season. We're here every Wednesday night, and the Coach's Show is brought to you by Cutwater Spirits as we got to all sorts of stuff tonight with the head coach himself as we get ready for the Citadel and VMI coming up on Saturday. We're running out of time here on this Wednesday. So, Coach, as always, I thank you for your time, the insight, the stories, and wish you the best of luck Saturday in this uh, game against VMI to start the conference schedule. Luke, hope your finger feels better, by the way, buddy. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'll be good to go for Saturday, and we'll have coverage beginning at 1 p.m., the Citadel and VMI for the uh, Military Classic of the South this Saturday. It's been the Coach's Show here from Big John's Tavern. We'll talk to you next Wednesday or this Saturday starting at 1 on the Citadel Sports Network.